And so I have the privilege of closing out tonight's series. Uh, the series we've been talking about is The God of the Living. And how many of you guys have been encouraged by that series, The God of the Living? Yes, amen. God has been really encouraging me and challenging me and reminding me that we serve the God of the living. And sometimes if we're not careful, we forget that. You know, we, we, we just lose track of that. Uh, but the scripture text for the series has been God, uh, Matthew 22, verse 32. And it goes on to say, God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Man, such a powerful, powerful statement. Um, you know, the Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is very exciting, church, because... We know that the miracles, the revival, the breakthrough that take place, that took place in the days of the Bible are still taking place today. And uh, I would encourage you guys, man, uh, to, to just get a hold of God. And I was reading a, uh, an article recently that was saying that uh, there's an underground church uh, down in uh, the Gaza Strip right now. And there's been a lot of people that have been turning to Christ. And what one of these pastors were saying from this underground church was a couple weeks ago that Jesus had appeared to over 200 Muslims. And what happened during that time, yes, it's amazing, glory, hallelujah. And what had happened was a lot of these Muslims and their families uh, had given their life to Jesus. And so church, God is still moving, whether you believe it or not, whether you see it or not, don't believe what's on the news. Uh, there's, God is doing a great thing. Uh, even over there in the streets of Gaza, when you see all these stories of war and all these crazy things that are going on, God is still on the move and revival is still taking place, church. We serve the God of the living. Very, very excited. Open your eyes and see that God is on the move. And so I'm really excited to close out this series. And so my topic for today is our godly inheritance. Say that with me, our godly inheritance. And so, you know, the word or the terms for inheritance appear over 200 times uh, in the Bible, and so we see it commonly used. When we think of the word inheritance, we think a lot about possessions, maybe property, maybe money that is given upon uh, the passing of someone, and that's exactly what it is, right? An inheritance is something that is received. And so, you know, what is our godly inheritance? There's a lot that that could entail when we think of what our inheritance is as Christians, I think one of the main things we, I think about when I think of our godly inheritance is salvation. Say that with me, salvation. And we've all probably heard that term, salvation, to be saved. And the meaning of salvation is just deliverance from harm. And so when we think of salvation, we think of deliverance from hell, right? We understand that we can make so many mistakes, but God gives us the gift of salvation. The gift of eternal life, even though we may not deserve it. Even though we've made terrible mistakes, God still gives us the gift of salvation. And the Bible says in Titus 3, 7, because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Church, I don't know about you, but that is amazing news that excites me. You know, too many times we get distracted. We lose sight of what the goal is. But the Bible says that because of his grace, he made us right and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Amen. It's such an awesome thing. And one of the things we have to do as Christians is we need to cherish our salvation. Cherish our salvation. We have to remember that we are saved by grace. And no matter what mistakes we have made, that God has saved us. And that is a gift. It's an inheritance from him. 
The Bible says that in John 1.12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are children of God, church. And I love in the book of 1 Peter, Peter really conveys this idea of giving thanks to God for the gift or the inheritance of salvation. We see this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. And he says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Starting off with worship, man. That's why it's so important we here always start off our services with worship. He says it there, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Man, great powerful stuff right there. Goes on to say, now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And church, we as Christians, we gotta start thanking God more for our salvation. We should all be lifting our hands during worship. That's what we're here to do. We're here to thank God for the gift of salvation, our inheritance to be called children of the Most High. Not only does God give us the inheritance of salvation, but he also gives us spiritual gifts and a calling. And we continue to see this in uh, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 10 through 11. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And let me, let me encourage you today. You may think you have no gifts. You may think you have no talents. But the Bible is very clear here. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And right here, this is where I believe he's giving you a calling. He says, use them well to serve one another. He's giving you gifts. And then he challenges you to use them to serve one another. Not to serve self, not to better self, but to serve one another. He goes on to say, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. And see, church, we got to cherish our salvation. And what it's saying here is we are bringing glory to his name when we are using the gifts that he has given us. When we are stepping into the calling that he has placed upon our hearts, upon our lives. And so I want to challenge you today and get you thinking, what are you doing with your spiritual gifts? What are you doing with your calling? And what are you ultimately doing with your inheritance? I want to give you three biblical things that we should all be doing with our godly inheritance. And the first thing we need to do is we need to guard our inheritance. Tell your neighbor, guard your inheritance. Tell your other neighbor, guard your inheritance. Very, very important, church. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, chapter 5, verses 8 through 9, he says, stay alert. You see that? It's with an exclamation point. He's, man, he's saying it. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He goes on to say, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that the family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. 
You see, church, you have to understand that the devil would do everything in his power to get you to forfeit your inheritance. And do know this, the devil cannot take your inheritance from you. He has no right to do so. But what he's going to do is he's going to try to get you to give it up. Try to get you to say, ah, you know what, I'm good with the things of God. I don't need it anymore. Ah, you know what, I don't want to go to church anymore. You know what, I'm done witnessing. You know, I've, I've tried to tell people about the Lord. They just don't listen anymore. The devil will try to get you to forfeit your inheritance through lies. He'll get you to forfeit your inheritance through the temporary pleasures of this world, right? Try to persuade you to go pursue things other than God. Go pursue money. Go pursue women. You know, go pursue uh, these things that can make you feel good. Drugs, alcohol. The devil's going to do everything in his power to get you to try to forfeit your inheritance. See, church, because when you forfeit your godly inheritance, it does not just hurt you, but it also hurts those around you. And too many times I've seen believers, you know, forfeit their inheritance, leaders of families, leaders of, of friend groups. And the sad part is, is when one person, you know, leaves the things of God, sometimes you see the domino effect. It's very, very unfortunate. And, you know, we as believers got to work to keep our guard up. You know, we got to be ready and stand firm at all times because I don't want to forfeit my godly inheritance. And I don't want to see what effects that may have on my family, my friends, and, and ultimately my church. And I, I think about, you know, uh, uh, an example of someone who did forfeit their inheritance in the book of Judges chapter 13. Uh, starting with verse 5, we, I'm sure we all know this story, very common, the, the uh, story of Samson. And so it says in Judges 13, verse 5, the, the angel of the Lord came to the mother of Samson, or the soon-to-be mother, and he says, You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. And he will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Very big right there. God gave him a calling before birth. He said he will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. And I'm sure you guys know the story of Samson. God gifted him with the gift of supernatural strength. And the Bible says he took on many different uh, armies and he won many battles. But we see his calling was ultimately to rescue Israel but the Bible goes on to say in chapter 14 of Judges, in verse 1, it says, One day when Samson was in Timnah, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. And if you guys know the story of Samson, he eventually meets Delilah, which leads to, unfortunately, his downfall. But you see, when I read this scripture in verse 1, it says, One day when Samson was in Timnah. And, and I can't help but wonder, you know, what was he doing in Timnah? You know, what was he doing? That was part of the Philistine territory. And what was he doing over there? I'm going to guess just by reading the scripture, he wasn't looking to spread the gospel, right? It just says right there, it goes on to say, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. And I can imagine he was probably up to no good there. And see, church, I, wanna, I want you to evaluate yourself, you know, what are you doing in places you know you shouldn't be? You know, what are you doing associating with people you know you should not be associating with? You know, what are you doing watching these perverted movies, right? And then you wonder why you have these perverted thoughts or why you, you 
You feel yourself wanting to cuss or use vulgar language. See, Samson let his guard down. He went into the pagan nation, right? A nation that was serving idols, that was doing human sacrifices, that was doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And he found himself hanging out there looking for women. The wrong spot to be looking for women. And, and we know the story. Delilah ultimately turned Samson in. And the Bible says in Judges 16, verse 21, so the Philistines captured him and they gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. And this story really trips me out, church, because we look at the calling that was placed on Samson's life. It says right there, the scripture we just read, he will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. And what happened? He found himself associating with the Philistines and ultimately they captured him. And to think this mighty man of God was doing all these great things, but he fell. And then to see him in the place with his eyes gouged out in prison, grinding chain, grinding grain, I'm sorry, grinding chain, uh, grinding grain in the prison. See church, we gotta stay alert. We have to keep our guard up. We have to, we have to, we have to. We cannot throw away our inheritance over temporary pleasures. It's not worth it. I'm sure if, if you ask Samson while he was there in prison, would you go back and change things? I guarantee you he would. And too many times, church, we allow ourselves to get too comfortable. We let our guard down. Oh, it's all right. You know, it's not that bad. It's just, I'm just trying to do this, trying to do that. It's not that bad if I miss service here and there. You know, I'm just trying to focus on me right now. I'm trying to better me, right? Samson was there trying to better himself, trying to find a wife. The wrong place. We cannot forget about our inheritance, church. We cannot forget about our calling. I know when I look to the end of my life, I want to know that I accomplished all that God called me to be. All that God called me to do. I want to make sure on my death that I can say, hey, I did the best I could. Not look back and say, man, you know, I shouldn't have went that direction. I shouldn't have took that job. I shouldn't have, you know, started dating that girl, you know. I shouldn't have took that car ride. I shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have done that. Stay alert. Keep your guard up. We got to stand firm. Be strong in your faith. When we read back to that 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, he says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Be strong in your faith. How do you be strong in your faith? You read every day, even when it's tough, even when you don't feel like it. You read, you pray, and you go to church. You gotta go to church, man. Church is, yes, amen. Thank you, Jesus, for church. I think I said this last time, you gotta read to succeed, you gotta pray to stay, you gotta fast to last. So it's one of the rules that I've always stood by in my life, and so far it's it took me to good places. But church, we have to, we have to go to church. We have to constantly build in our faith. And, and Peter's very clear about that. Stand firm and be strong in your faith. The next thing we have to do is we have to fight for our godly inheritance. Tell your neighbor, fight for our godly inheritance. You gotta fight for it, church. It's tough. It's tough sometimes. It's tough to come to church sometimes. I have three children now, and let me tell you, it is tough. It is tough. Parents, you know, when you have young children, it is tough. 
Sometimes my son says, I don't want to go to church. It's crazy. Well, you know what's even crazier is when we drive by the church, he says, I want to go to church. I want to go to church. So, no, we're going home. We just went to church. Kids are awesome, man. I love being a father. I'm very blessed. But church, we got to fight for our godly inheritance. And Paul writes to Timothy in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 through 12. But you, Timothy, are a man of God. And I want to put our own names in there. I'm going to say, but you, Joseph, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things. Run from them. Don't even get close to them. You see them? You run. It says, pursue righteousness and a godly life. Man, pursue it. It's tough, but pursue it. Along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. And I love this part. He says, fight the good fight for the true faith. Fight the good fight. Man, it's tough fighting the good fight, church. But he's telling us right there, fight the good fight. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. See, church, we can't lose our sight on the prize, right? We always say that saying, keep your eyes on the prize. You got to remember what the ultimate goal is and what we're truly fighting for, right? We all want to make it to heaven. That's the goal. And beyond that, we want our families to make it to heaven. That's the next goal, right? I want to see my family there. I want to see my friends there. But we got to fight. And I guarantee you, if I stop fighting, I don't know what effect that could have on my family. I don't know what effect that could have on my friends. I don't know what effect that could have on my church. And I'm here fighting the good fight for the true faith. And I got to hold tightly to eternal life, to salvation, the gift of salvation. Sometimes I get caught up in the things of the world, right? The petty things like, you know, who touched this? Who touched that? And you're all bothered. And this person's not talking to me. And, you know, you go through all these battles in your head. But at the end of the day, I got to remember what I'm ultimately fighting for. And that is just eternity. That's just to make it to heaven. And see, church, too many people are throwing in the towel after the first punch. And just calling it, you know, oh, you know what? You know, something happened. I'm not going to that church anymore, you know. The pastor said something I didn't like, or someone so disrespecting me, or, you know, just, I don't want to go to that church anymore. But we can't, we can't throw it away, church, and we have to remember that our godly inheritance is worth the fight. Very much. It is worth, worth the fight. And I've been saved for, I guess I got saved when I was in my early teens, so almost 15 years now, and, and, and I found a lot of success through my salvation, and it's been worth the fight. And I wouldn't change it for anything. It's been tough. And, uh, but it's always been worth the fight. Always, always, always. And I look back and I thank God for, for staying in the fight. I thank God that I stood in the fight, even when it was tough. Uh, but the Bible says in Genesis, we see a story of someone who stood in the fight. In the book of Genesis chapter 12 and starting off with verse 7. Uh, we see that the Bible says, Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, To your descendants I will give this land. And so when we read the book of Genesis and we read the story of Abraham, God promised him, uh, him and his descendants uh, this area, all right, this land. Um, and so what happens is, you know, Abraham later on dies and his son comes to take the property that was rightfully given to him by God. God has spoken to him. God has given him this calling, this gift. Like here, this is your land. Your descendants are going to take this land. And what's crazy is when you read 
in chapter 26, you go up a couple chapters, you see that the Philistines had taken over the land. And the Bible says that Abraham had dug these wells and had this land well prepared for his family. But the Philistines had uh, covered up the wells. They covered them up with dirt. Uh, but the Bible says in Genesis 26, verse 18, it says, And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called them by the names which his father had called them. And so I really, I was really blown away by this because you would have thought he would have looked and said, oh man, these wells have been filled up. I'm just going to go dig somewhere else. I'm just going to find somewhere else. You know, I know God had said that this was going to be our land. These were going to be our wells. I'm, I'll just find somewhere else. The Bible says, no, he went and he started digging. I brought a little shovel so I could give you an example. If anyone, has anyone ever dug a hole before? A ditch? Anyone dug for a pipe or something? You know that it's very difficult, especially when the dirt's nice and hard, right? You got to step on there, push down, push up, put some back into it, right? And what really encourages me about this is that he went and dug them, right? And I could imagine it must have been tough. It must have been hot. They were probably taunting them like, sir, why are we digging up these wells? But he understood that this was his inheritance. And he was going to fight for it. And he kept digging and digging. And he probably knew that the water got better the deeper you go. And so he digged even deeper. And church, let me tell you, the deeper, the deeper you go in your relationship with God, the better things get. Amen. They get better. The, digger, the deeper you dig into the things of God, things just get better and better. And I'll tell you this too, is the deeper you dig, sometimes the tougher it gets. Sometimes you find yourself digging, 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 and you look like you made no progress. But let me tell you, God is doing something supernaturally, and you're about to hit the water, but you got to keep digging. You can't stop. And sometimes the dirt feels like it's caving in. I can imagine he probably dug, man, 10, 15 feet, and then maybe it started to drop down on him, but he didn't stop because he understood that this was his land. And when you read this passage, it's a trip because it says that he dug, opened the wells, and the Philistines came and closed them again. And then he, he dug them up again, and they closed them up again. And it went on for several years. See, church, the enemy will always oppose the promises and blessings of God for your life. The Bible says Isaac worked diligently to preserve the blessing of his inheritance. He worked diligently and I want to challenge you guys, man. Work at it. Fight for your inheritance. Don't let anyone stop you. Sometimes you feel like people are trying to stop you from serving God. Don't let them stop you. You keep digging. Don't stop. Don't stop going forward. Don't stop doing your ministries. Don't stop preaching the gospel. You know, don't forfeit your inheritance. Don't forfeit your salvation for someone else. Me and my wife, we've always just in tough times, always just drawn to God. That's just, I don't want to hear from anyone right now. I just want to hear what God's going to speak to me. Has God spoken to you, Valerie? Nope. All right. Let's just keep going forward. You know, no matter what happens around us, no matter what people have said, we've always just, it's about our relationship with God. And I believe that was the mindset Isaac had to have because digging a well seems very tough. I was doing some research on wells. They say wells can range from 50 to hundreds of feet. 
You can imagine, imagine digging a hole the size of this church to the ceiling. Can you imagine that, digging a hole like that? And that's what he was doing, digging for his inheritance, for what God had called him to do. He was fighting for his godly inheritance, church. And the last thing we have to do is we have to share our inheritance. Tell your neighbor, share your inheritance. So, so important. We have to remember our inheritance is a gift. Salvation is a gift. Our spiritual gifts, they're gifts. Our calling is a gift. First thing and foremost, we have to share the gift of salvation. Tell your neighbor, share the gift of salvation. Share the gift of salvation. So, so important. There's so many lost people out there. We got to share the gift. And it's tough sometimes. And sometimes it's as simple as saying, hey, man, Jesus loves you. I try to close out a lot of my statements. I'm at the grocery store. I say, hey, man, Jesus loves you. If I'm at a, the other day I was at a theme park, and I told someone after we got the right, hey, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you, man. And just sometimes it's all you got to say is get them thinking. But share the gift of salvation. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Preach the good news to everyone. Not just the people in your friend group. Not just the people that look like you. Preach the good news to everyone. The Great Commission. Share the gift of salvation. Share your inheritance. The Bible goes on to say in Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, he takes it like a step further. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. See, we're not supposed to just preach Tell people, you know, preach salvation and then dip out. But we are to disciple people. We are to mentor people. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And I want you to ask yourself, are you sharing your inheritance? You know, are you sharing the gift of salvation? Are you sharing your spiritual gifts, your calling? You know, are you trying to build up the next generation? Are you sharing your inheritance? We need to share our spiritual gifts and our callings with all people. All people we need to share these with. I read a great quote from John Maxwell. He says, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. See, church, as Christians, we're not of this world. We're called to be the leaders, the light in the darkness. You know, when you think of light, yes, amen. When I think of light in like a dark tunnel, right, it leads you. You want to follow it. And that's what we're called to be, the light in this dark world. We're called to be the leaders here. And John Maxwell says the best, the leader is the one who knows the way, who goes the way, but who shows the way. Amen. See, sometimes we're just so caught up in going the way, Knowing the way, and we're just moving forward, moving forward. But are we showing people around us the way? Are we taking time to teach people the things of God? Are we taking time to disciple people in their spiritual gifts? Are we taking time to disciple people in what they feel they're called to do? Giving them opportunity, showing them, hey, you know what? You know, you feel called to, you know, speak? Let's, let's, let's start a Bible study together. You know, hey, you feel called to do worship? Let's, let's start practicing. You know, you, you have a heart to help people. Let's get you involved in one of the ministries. 
You want to teach young people? You know, we have tons of ministries that work with young people. Share your inheritance, church. Very important. Parents, train your children in the things of God. So, so important. Parents, train your children in the things of God. And, you know, even as my children at a young age, we strive very hard to train them in the things of God. Uh, we're very careful about what they watch, even when it comes to cartoons, uh, to TV shows, to Disney Plus, right? We all love Disney, I'm sure. But we're very careful about what our children watch. Um, and what we found is rather than watching these Disney shows and all these shows on YouTube, we fill them with, uh, there's some great YouTube channels with uh, Christian shows. And so we play, you know, Christian music, and we play these Christian uh, animated TV shows. And let me tell you, it sounds dumb, but I, I could honestly say I see a difference in my kids from when they watch the Christian TV shows and when they watch Disney+. Plus. Big difference. Parents, be very mindful of what your children are watching. Be very mindful of what they're listening to. Be very mindful of who they're hanging around with. That's your job, parent. You're the leader of the home. Know the way, go the way, and show the way. And adults, we need to train the next generation. That's what we're here today to do, right? This is why we have this service that collides the youth, the young adults, and the older adults, right? But we're, it's our job to raise up the next generation. Raise up people to take our place. Raise up people to do what we were doing. You know, and I believe if we can do that, we can have a very successful church. And we could go even further and reach... Uh, even different avenues of people, but we have to train the next generation. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Church, I, always, I said this last time, my testimony here today is that I'm here because someone shared the gospel with me. Over and over and over again, I was raised in this church, but the gospel message was always being taught. Always, whether I was in school, Sunday school, I was in the service here, the gospel, when I was at youth, the gospel message was always, always being taught. We have to share the gospel. Even during COVID, this church did not stop. We kept sharing the gospel, yes. Very encouraging. And we need to be a church that is always, always sharing the gospel. We have to share our spiritual gifts. So important. Someone took me aside and said, hey, Joe, you know, do you want to learn how to play the guitar? And I was 13 or 15. And I said, yeah, I want to be a rock star. <laughs> and, uh, you know, here I am today leading worship. And, you know, someone took time out of their day to teach me. Someone invested in me. And I, I'm so grateful to everyone because this church has made me who I am today. There's so many different adults from the nursery workers to the Royal Rangers to the youth ministry to the young adult ministries. There's all these different avenues of people came in and poured into my life and they shared their inheritance. They shared their gifts. They shared their callings. They said, hey, Joe, you know, you want to do worship? I'm going to stand to the side and I'll let you, you know, do this song. Even though I love this song, I've been leading for years, but I'm going to let you do it. And I was like, oh, wow, like, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I may not have did it the best, and I'm still learning, you know. But someone took the time to train me up. Someone did that. And, and I look at myself here today, and I'm just so grateful for that. And I want to challenge you to train up someone. 
a mentor someone. Share the gospel. Share your spiritual gift. Share your calling. You know, could be an adult, could be a young person. But, but share your inheritance. So important, church, that we're sharing our inheritance. Our godly inheritance, it's a gift. We got to cherish it. We got to cherish the gift of salvation. We got to cherish our spiritual gifts and cherish our callings. And don't take them lightly. Don't look to the left or to the right like, man, you know, I should have that gift. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. No, I think God called you for such a time as this. Whatever gift, whatever calling he's placed on your life, he has called you for such a time as this. Use the gift. Use the calling. Guard it. Guard your inheritance. Guard your salvation. Guard your spiritual gift. Guard your calling. Stay alert, church. Stay alert. The, the devil roars around like a, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. Keep your guard up. Don't go places you shouldn't be going. Fight for it. We got to keep digging. Keep digging. Even when it's tough. Even when it feels like the well is just falling in it on us. Keep digging. Keep digging. And lastly, we have to share our spiritual inheritance. Share it. I want to challenge you guys. Find someone today. Find someone this week. Find someone by the end of this year and mentor them. And God's going to bless you. If we could all bow our heads, we're going to have the worship team come up.